Oh, that's the astronaut pen. Yeah. I heard about that. Where yeah. did you get it? Oh, it was a gift. Oh, a lot of times I write in bed, and I have to turn and lean on my elbow to make the pen work. Take the pen. Oh, no. Go ahead. I couldn't. Come on, take the pen. I can't take Do it. Do me a personal favor. No, favorite. I'm not take comfortable. The pen. I cannot take it. Take the pen. Are you sure? I'm positive. Take the pen. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Gee, boy. Jack, what are you doing? Stop Jack, we should go. <laughs> it was nice meeting you. Nice to meet you. Thanks again, Come Jack. She's a dog. What'd you take his pen for? What? He gave it to me. But you didn't have to take it. Oh, my God. She's got to make a big deal out of everything. He offered it to me. Because you made such a big fuss about it. Well, I liked it. Should I have said I didn't like it? You shouldn't have said anything. What do you expect him to do? He could have said, thank you. I like it, too. And put it back in his pocket. He loves that pen. Oh, come on. He talks about it all the time. Every time he takes it out, he goes on and on about how it writes upside down, how the astronauts use it. If he likes it so much, he never should have offered it. He didn't think he'd accept. Well, he was wrong. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Seinfeld, the podcast where we discuss everything we know about the show about nothing. Today we are here to review episode 3 of season 3. It is episode code 305. It is The Pen. I am Dando. I am Guy. I'm glad we got all that uh, very specific stuff out of the way, all that very official <laughs> business. We might be a little rusty, folks. We're back in the saddle yeah. after, after Dando took a week off. Like a slacker. So that was the, uh, uh, the most professional this podcast is going to get, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I um, spent a week in Rye with the family, with the two kiddies and my lovely wife, Nicola. Uh, if you want to hear Nicola, you can check out the podcast, The One About Friends, what Nicola and I host. But we went away to Rye, and it was just a nice little getaway, our first family getaway. And yeah, it was just lovely. It was good for the kids. I was just telling you off the air, it was good for the kids to finally spend some... I know they spend time with each other at home, but in a different setting where there's not so much stimulation with all their toys around the house and blah, blah, blah. And we went out and did things and went to the beach. And it was just nice seeing the kids hang out. And Elliot's a bit of a wild child. He's very rough. He's, he's learned soft hands. He's sort of like the karate kid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> By the way, this is not what Dando was saying. He was like, hey, five days with these people. <laughs> He was he was like Elaine at the end of this episode. <laughs> Time with the kids. Oh, but, God, this is always death. Always death. <laughs> but we'll get to that when we get to that. But yes, it, it sounds like he had a very nice time. This is, is of course, audio, but uh, Dan and I have a visual component when mm. we record this. We do it on Zoom. You should l- look at him, folks. He looks like five or ten years younger. <laughs> it's got, like a, like, uh, like Mo says, he's got one of those store-bought haircuts. He's, uh, he's looking fantastic. So uh, hopefully... That will be reflected in the content of tonight's podcast because this is an episode I'm very happy to talk about because I loved it. I thought it was so fun, wasn't it? It was so hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so simple, but like I've got here in my notes, Jack and Jerry's exchange about the pen is everything I love about Seinfeld. Very much so. I mean, I think there are episodes that you sort of look at and go, it's either funnier or it's tighter in its construction or it's got some other virtue that it has going for it. I don't know. I just really enjoyed this episode. Yep. I mean, maybe maybe that's just me being an old fucker. It's like <laughs> I can't wait to head down to head to some um, warm part of the world and just bitch all the time <laughs> about everything. <laughs> what is going on in this community? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I love that. You know, Jerry and Elaine were kind of foreigners there, but the minute you see him interacting with his parents, oh my God, the apple hasn't fallen far from the tree no, at all. not at all. You see where his sensibility came from, where his sense of humour came from, yep. and his view of the world. So yeah, I love that. I thought that was fantastic. It was just felt so real, didn't it? All the little bitchiness and the conversations I've got here, they're literally about nothing, but they just feel like any conversation you could hear when you go visit your family. Oh yeah, because that's, that's what families talk about invariably. I mean, I'm always... I was always, I was a little skeptical bringing the lovely Louise into mm-hmm. you know a Davis family sort of get together because it's like we just talk shit yeah. <laughs> you know and it's it's like this isn't some highfalutin conversation about such and such or whatever it's like 
oh, that footballer's wife's a real scrag. <laughs> or <laughs> what are you watching on telly? Did you, did you like Did you like Perry Mason? I thought it was great. You know, so, <laughs> and I'm like. She's going to think that I'm an absolute dud because my and then it turns out not to be the case. My family's actually pretty great. It's funny. And- I was exactly the same with Nicola and my family, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this reminded me very much of that as well. And you know what was great about it too? I didn't even realise. It got to the end. I was reading my notes. It didn't even dawn on me that George and Coma were in this. I must confess. Yeah, I was thinking at, at a very early stage when there was like the second knock on the door after Jerry and Elaine have rocked up. It's yep. like, is George coming down? Or something like that, you know. But yeah, that would I, seem too. That would seem too uh, convenient, wouldn't I it? I think so. And I think once Jack came in, and that's the whole pen saga sort of took off. It's like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not even missing him. And I, you know, I love George and, and Kramer. But yeah, this this was perfect the way it is, or the way it was. Yeah. It didn't need wacky scenarios this episode. It was just wacky banter. It did. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, well, some of the scenarios were a tiny bit wacky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't like you Kramer would fill in a, a washing machine full of cement. You know what I mean? No, absolutely not. <laughs> but this was actually the last time that George and Kramer both don't appear in an episode. So oh, Kramer really? didn't appear in the Chinese restaurant. And this is the second episode he doesn't appear in. And George doesn't appear in this one. But he appears in every episode going forward, as does Kramer. JLD doesn't appear in the season four episode, The Trip. And that's the only episode she doesn't appear in going forward. So every episode besides one going forward, we get the, the gang of four. Hmm. But I did read, I was very in- intrigued that uh, Jason Alexander was furious at the table read of this episode. Really? Because he wasn't involved in the script. And he threatened to, he told Larry David flat out, he threatened to quit the show if this ever happens again. And he's revealed since, I think he did it in the, um, the sort of little like inside look that they have on the DVDs there, that he just had fear that JLD was going to replace his character and make oh, him less... Oh, okay. He just, he just had that, that uh, what's the word? Not anxiety, but just the... Concern. Like a little man's concern, I guess you could say. But um, he was just concerned that, yeah, as, uh, as he said that JLD was going to take his role. So he was really angry and he threatened to quit the show and he's since reflected and gone... Bit silly, bit silly. <laughs> well, I'm, good. I'm glad that Jason can sort of look back and go, eh, I think I flipped my wig on that one, lost, <laughs> lost my head on that on that particular one." Because I, um, he, he, but the thing is, you know what's great about it? That's something that George would do. <laughs> I was going to try and do a, a George, you know, sort of riff on that, but why even bother? Why, why, why try to compete with the uh, with the Seinfeld crew? They'll they'll always do it better than we will. The actual storyline for the episode was inspired by an NBC executive who uh, had a pen and offered it to Larry at the um, at a meeting they had. And this episode was written by Larry David. And as I'm watching it, I, I just kept getting Larry David vibes. It had a very Kirby Enthusiasm vibe to it, mm. this episode, don't you reckon? <laughs> just, 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 it was almost just like a bunch of conversations as opposed to scenarios. Yeah. We had the scenario at the end, but besides that, it was just people hanging out in the apartment, having arguments over things. Very much, petty yeah. And a lot of sort of pettiness and a lot of passive aggression. Yeah. Yeah, which... You know, this show is uh, tends to excel in. So I was glad they were just able to sort of keep it rolling the way they did for the uh, for the duration. I mean, this is really only like a twenty something minute episode, but uh, it felt like it zipped. It it you know it felt full but quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a, a satisfying meal that you <laughs> that you eat real quick. I don't know. That's a terrible analogy. Five, That's why five, five KFC tenders. <laughs> okay, yes, we know what's for dinner tonight. <laughs> Uh, Larry David again appears in this episode as just his voice. He is the guy that yells out at the end when Jerry's trying to do his routine. <laughs> is it the same? Because there are two yell outs. Yeah, he, just, he does both of them. He does both of them. Like, one's like, I'd rather have a bottle of scotch. And, yeah. and I forgot what the other one was, but it was another little chime in. Oh, God, Larry. <laughs> also, this episode known not just for the pen, but for the Stella. <laughs> How hilarious was that? <laughs> oh, God, that's so good. <laughs> she, she was just so adorable. <laughs> so into it. And yeah, just really throwing herself into it 110%. But yeah, as I said, I got literally five minutes into this and I sort of thought, is where is this going this episode? And then we got the, the Jack moment and I was just, I thought mm. this was just not my favourite episode to date, I don't think, but certainly one of the most enjoyable. It was so great. It's one that I could see myself revisiting just when I was like, eh, yep. I've got a big batch of laundry that I need to fold, and I'd like to have something on in the background. And Seinfeld's a good like that. Seinfeld episodes are good like that. But this is one that I can say, yeah, this is a good bite-sized bit of feel-good humour. Because, I mean, I found myself... There's a lot of times when we'll do a Seinfeld, and I enjoy them, 
and I admire them and appreciate them, but my laugh is kind of like, <laughs> and with this it was genuine sort of belly laugh. So I had some real <laughs> full throttle chuckles as a result of this episode. Well, it works for that scenario, like you were saying, doing the laundry, because you don't really have to watch it. You can just listen to this episode. You yeah. can just sort of have a, a podcast audio of this of this episode and enjoy it. You don't have to say anything. But at the same time, it does help to <laughs> it helps to watch television. No, but it helps to watch it because <laughs> you've got this great cast of I'm going to say veteran character actors. They've yep. all got such really interesting faces. And mm. when we get to the favourites, I want to talk a little bit about that. But I mean. Yeah, it's it's just great sort of looking at these people as well. That is a good one, Stu. Yeah, one of my favourites. Well, on that note, let's get to our favourite moments. Let's, shall we? You go first if you like. Well, I really liked Jerry when, when Helen says, he didn't think you were going to take it. Well, he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, there was some great Jerry smugness in this. Yeah. Uh, where he's talking about, you know, he likes to look. And um, yeah. he's sort of playing the field. And, yeah, I think his mum says, how long could you look? I'm going for the record. Yeah. <laughs> I think he pri- uh, I think Jerry prides himself on being a bit of a womanizer, a bit of a player, a bit of a ladies' man. Yeah. And he's obviously got money as well, you know. True. But one thing I really loved is that at the start of this episode, when uh, Jerry and Elaine show up down in Florida, mm-hmm. his mum and dad aren't up to speed with the relationship status, I guess, of Jerry and Elaine. Yeah. And they clearly love Elaine. Mm -hmm. So you can tell by the hug, and you can tell that she's into them as well. I thought that was fantastic. Again, it just felt really natural, didn't it? It very much did, yeah. Yeah. I really liked, speaking of character acting, so when Morty kicks out Jack, in his fit of rage after his funny moment, he just pulls up his pants. <laughs> it's like a show of strength. Like, oh, that I showed him. And it just pulls his pants up. I was like, I just love that. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's so many one-liners in this episode. It would be silly to just list a couple as my favourite. So we'll get through them for the, for the, uh, through the review. But do you have any other particular moments that you want to point out before we get into trivia? Yeah, certainly. I mean, um- yeah. Well, we're talking about how we don't want to do one-liners, but one bit that I really did dig was uh, at the end when everyone's at the at the ceremony. Yep, Uncle Leo and Aunt Stella show up. They 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 do their thing and then they take off. (laughs) Jerry's mum's like, I hate her like poison. I just think it's so great that there's this community of people who just really dislike each other. But not to their faces. <laughs> no, no. And that, but I think they kind of revel in the drama. Or yeah, revel- they, know, they know that each other, they know that that person doesn't like them and they know that it's being nice to their face. Yeah. But they, 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 but they don't care because they're the same to that person as well. It really just keeps the spice going in the, yeah. in the community. I think that's fantastic. But I think the thing I like the most, um, and I'd, I'd forgotten that he was part of the show but uh the guy who plays jack is this actor named sandy Barron, who i i've seen him in a couple of movies one of my favorite movies in particular uh and i just like the guy i think he's really really fantastic he's in a movie yeah. called vamp um a movie from the mid 1980s um it, it sounds a bit sketchy but then consider who you're talking to here um, <laughs> about three college guys who to get into a frat go to the wrong side of town to hire a stripper for the night for their for the frat party, but the strip club that they go to is actually a den of vampires. Oh. Um, it's it's like a proto from Dust Till Dawn, yeah. um, and Grace Jones is the stripper that they uh, think they're going to hire, yeah. except she ends up eating all of them. Uh, it's it's fantastic. It's you know made for like the change you find in the couch. But Sandy Barron is the MC of this club who really thinks. I was going to say he's definitely the owner or like he the, is, the host yeah, or something. He's, <laughs> he's kind of like, you know, it'd be great if we relocated to Vegas. Vegas is fantastic. <laughs> so I love him in that, and I really love him in this. I just think he's just got such personality. Uh, so yeah, I really dug him. I mean, just the whole thing where you know he's got this pen that he's so proud of, but he's also got that thing where he's like. You know, if I give away the pen, people are going to think I'm a big man. <laughs> so it's the way he says to Jerry, "Do me a personal favor." Yeah, <laughs> that was take it, take it. I love that. Do me a personal favor. <laughs> so yeah, uh, this episode may be my favorite today. It's actually brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> it so is. So probably my favorite part of the episode is is Sandy Barron as Jack. Uh, but there's a lot to love in the pen. There really is. 
Could you spell that, please? No. Next question. All right, trivia for the pen. First question from me is, mm-hmm. how long are they actually going to spend in Florida, according to Jerry? The first time when he's explaining it. And so not when they're asked to spend the five days, the weekend. Well, it's three days, isn't it? Yes, but according to Jerry, he changes it. He goes, oh. well, the first day's really over, and the second day we're driving or whatever. And he says, so really, it's only this. It's when, it's when Elaine's laying in, on the couch. Oh, the end? No. He, well, he says she's, she's uncomfortable in bed. And he says, yes. well, look, the first day's over, and the second day we're going to be traveling. It's only going to be like, what? It's like, it's like 20 minutes by the time oh, we have dinner and everything. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I was, I was just distracted by uh, JLD wriggling in the couch, but because that's... <laughs> First of all, that's very cute. Uh, but secondly, that's also me when I'm trying to get... Just wriggle in the bed, trying to find just the right spot. <laughs> so, yes. That's me when I'm trying to share a bed with Nicola, Elliot and Jet. Oh, good Lord. And Jet. Got to have that fur baby in there somewhere. Uh, I was big on uh, Jack, clearly. Yeah. My question to you is, what is Jack's surname? Um, 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 nah. It's is it like a... With B? No, it starts with the one next to B. Oh, no, nah, it's on the tip of my tongue. Now, what is it? Jack Cl- Clompers. Clompers. I was going to say clump. I was like, that's not right. Clompers, <laughs> yes. Hercules, Hercules. Not that clump. <laughs> <laughs> is that the most quotable line from that movie? Is that what that movie, that movie is known for? <laughs> Hercules. <laughs> I, just, I, I occasionally go back and find on YouTube just the bit where uh, Sherman has turned into lean, mean Eddie Murphy. Yeah. They go see Dave Chappelle at the. Uh, I was going to say thing. the the, the, the one liners, yeah, yeah roasting so. everybody. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Reggie. Your breath makes me, you know, longing for your farts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those movies are terrible, but I do love them. <laughs> they, they really are. But it was a bit of a comeback for Eddie as well because he was in a little bit of a dull, a uh, little bit of a down period at that stage. Yeah. I think it was the yeah around 95 or 96 when um, the first Nutty Professor came in. It was like, oh, my God, Eddie's so good. It's like, oh, yeah, of course he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you, a fucking idiot? <laughs> <laughs> but Buddy Love, Buddy Love just gave Eddie the chance to be Eddie again, didn't it? Very much. Oh, God. All right, but my next trivia question is, how much did Jack's meal cost before <gasps> tax and tip? Oh, before tax and tip? Mm. 17... 15? 10. Nearly. Oh. I'll give you that point. I'll give you the extra point or half a point if you can tell me what he ordered. I don't remember what he ordered, but one of my questions is what did Doris order? Well, he had a Coke. Right? He Coke, yeah. Or, or, <laughs> he didn't have a Coke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he ordered the minute steak. Oh, of course. Yeah. All right. Well, my next question to you then is what did Doris order? She had the Coke. And what else? Oh, she had the scampi. Scampi, okay, that's right. What is it? My final question is, what is the name of Evelyn's nephew? I did like Evelyn. I liked Evelyn as well. There's a lot of people to remember in this. Now, Evelyn... She's the one that comes in and goes, now tell me about your new pen. That's right. But he, Evelyn... No, she doesn't have the one who works for the parks. That's Uncle Leo. That's Uncle Leo. So yeah, Evelyn that's Jeff that. who works for the parks. She mentions her nephew could be a writer for his material, I think. Is it Tom? It's Larry. Larry. Oh. <laughs> it's either Tom Sharonas <laughs> or Larry David. <laughs> yes. All right. That is my trivia. You're wrapped up for trivia? I could give you one more if you'd like it. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. How many pounds did Elaine sweat off? 65. Six. Six. Damn it. No, not 66. <laughs> just six. Okay. What? Well, I have 65 pounds. My- <laughs> Can't be 65. Probably weigh 65 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, I'm tired. All right, that is trivia for The Pen. We'll be right back after this short break with our in-depth review. If you're a fan of everything we do here at Talking Seinfeld, you can support the show on Patreon, where not only will you get early ad-free access to the show, but you also get access to hours of bonus podcasts, access to our exclusive Facebook community, and so much more. So join the family today at patreon.com slash four-finger discount. Link is in the description of this podcast. If you feel like having yourself a time, then check out our new podcast, Going Down to South Park, where we go back and revisit every episode of the iconic series, dissecting the stories, reveling in chef sing-alongs, and chuckling at the occasional fart joke. Going Down to South Park is available now for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you're looking for a podcast that'll always be there for you, look no further than our new show, The One About Friends, hosted by myself and my incredible wife, Nicola. 
She's literally the biggest Friends fan I know. So who better to help me as we revisit every single episode of the show, discussing the characters, fashion trends, and how this iconic series still relates to our lives to this day. The One About Friends is available now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The original air date of the pen was October 2nd, 1991. I can't believe these episodes aired so early. 1991. Uh, directed by Tom Shronis and written by, as we said, the one and only Larry David. So the episode kicks off with some stand-up discussing uh, old people in their swimwear. I can honestly say none of this related to me at all. <laughs> really? I've never been in a situation where I've had to borrow swimwear from an old person. <laughs> I must admit... I think there was some stage when I was a, a, a little lad where I think I tried on like dad's togs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I think it, it's a signifier more, you know, valid than saying you're a member of Generation X or a millennial or a Zoomer or whatever is how you refer to swimwear. Togs is definitely my mum. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 your, and your podcast co-host. <laughs> Got to put me togs on. <laughs> but I remember, yeah, I remember trying on my dad's at some stage and thinking – these are old man togs. <laughs> What's that stain in these togs? <laughs> <Yes>, it- <laughs> I'm, I'm just not for wearing anyone else's um, swimwear. But Helen and Morty are waiting for Jerry and Elaine to arrive. Well, Helen's waiting for them anyway. Uh, Morty sort of just seems disinterested. He's more interested in looking for his scotch tape. Uh, and Jerry <laughs> and Elaine arrive and they discuss that they are late because they had to wait 35 minutes for a rental car. And it's just a bunch of little conversations here yeah. that just feel real you know like the your mother is always saying what, what, what are you spending money on a rental car just borrow our car use our bed that's just yeah. that's just parents isn't it and you say this another way i mean you don't put a comic spin on this and it's just a conversation i mean it's not exactly it's, the lines themselves aren't necessarily funny it's just the way that they're delivered it's kind of like when you go to a stand-up routine and they're just talking about things in everyday life which mm. aren't necessarily funny but it's just what's funny is it's just like hey I know, I, I relate to that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 that is funny because I know what you're talking about. That's what this felt like. Yeah, and the person on stage has got enough stagecraft, enough timing, yeah. enough rhythm or whatever to, to make you go, hey, that is pretty funny. <laughs> but Jerry doesn't get any insurance and Morty says, what, what, no insurance? And I thought, I've got here, this will certainly, this surely will mean mm. something. The fact that he didn't get insurance on the car, but it didn't pay off. It was just, you know, he didn't get insurance. Jerry says that it's really hot in here. That was a recurring theme throughout the episode. Apparently, when you live in Florida, because you're so used to the humidity, the heat, yeah. the heat that you don't need your air conditioner on. <laughs> All the stuff. Oh, never mind. Sorry. No, I'm jumping ahead of myself a bit. Please go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Helen asked Jerry uh, if he's got his speech prepared for Morty's testimonial. One of your comic routines. It's, it's, I feel like one of the shit things about being a comedian is everyone expects you to be funny all the time. Or that they, well, they don't take him seriously but because he's comedian. But also, like, he's just sort of killing time before he gets a proper job. They yeah. don't realise that this is his real job and he's actually quite good at it. Like, yeah, do one of your little skits and bits. <laughs> it's like, he's Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to be able to buy and sell us all. <laughs> <laughs> he's worth nearly a billion dollars. <laughs> Then we get the uh, discussion about the real and the fake lake. It's just it's just literally just a bunch of small little conversations that don't really mm-hmm. they don't play into the story, but it's just to set the it's guess, texture. Set the stage. It's all texture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Elaine says that she's going to go sleep in. I'm assuming it's like the second living room or something because it's a fold out couch. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too sure. As as Helen's saying, you know, she's saying, "No, sleep in our bed. We don't sleep. You'll I love. Be fine. I'll be up that's what I was thinking about. It's like, we don't we don't even sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when Morty's like. Why should I be comfortable? The mother's always just like, anything to get to look after the kids. And the dad's just like, whatever, mm. okay, if I have to, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just going to hear this feels just so real. But of course, she was suggesting that they sleep in their bed because she thought that Jerry and Elaine were still a couple, but yes. they're not. Uh, I wonder if the this was sort of filmed or written out of order because you know how the last season ended or was supposed to end with Jerry and Elaine as a couple? That's right, yeah. I wonder whether this is meant to be a continuation of that. I'm not too sure. Hmm, interesting point. We've tried all kinds of arrangements, but we can't seem to be friends when we sleep together. Why do you need more friends? <laughs> You've got plenty of friends. He's an idealist. What the hell are you looking for? I'm looking, that's the point. I like looking. He likes looking. So look. But how long can you look? I'm going for the record. <laughs> Helen then says it means a lot to Morty, but, you know, even though he's not showing it, because dads are like this. A lot of them are like... They, they love you or they, they appreciate you doing something for them, but they, they find it hard. My dad especially, they find it hard to 
not thank, but just show appreciation. That you know they're appreciative just without saying it. If that makes any sense, you like I know he's happy that I'm doing this. I don't yeah, need absolutely. him to, to to thank me. I, I just I just know it. They also use this as a way to set up the fact that he's you know he's the outgoing president of the of the condo association. Blah blah blah. That's the reason for the event. It's the reason they've come down. Jack and Doris then arrive, and this is where the episode really kicks into gear. I don't know. Do you want to take it away? Because I thought this was just brilliant, but I thought I feel like you appreciated it even more than I did. <laughs> well, just the whole the whole rocking up. I mean, I think Jack views himself as very much kind of the the guy, the big man on campus. He, I've got here. He immediately feels like a, a bit of a douche. <laughs> A little bit there. I think he's got. He sort of sucks all the energy out of any room that he goes comes into. Jack Clompus and um, yeah, talking about the bills, talking, showing off the pen. You know, and, and the minute he gets the opportunity to sort of talk about the pen, you know, and the fact that it's a bit exclusive as well. I mean, he doesn't say you know you can buy this anywhere. I mean, do we ever find out exactly where he got it? I don't think so. I. I could be wrong, though. Listeners, if I'm wrong, let us know. TalkingSciFat at gmail.com. I don't think so. But it's almost a bit of... Do you know the saying, stolen valour? No, where, where, say, someone who never went to war will wear, like, a military outfit. And they'll okay. sort of walk around and people... Oh, thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no worries. <laughs> this almost feels like a bit of stolen valour on Jack's part. He's going, this is the pen they used to write in space. And it's yeah. almost like, wow, Jack, did you go to space? Well, not exactly. <laughs> but I certainly wrote like an astronaut. Yeah, so that's the kind of guy he is. Uh, and that's the kind of vibe that he gives off. For some reason, I like the guy. Maybe I'm just inclined to like Sandy Barron. But I don't know. I mean, he's a bit of a douche, but still he would keep things interesting down at the the Pines of Mark Gable is apparently the name of the retirement community. Um, it's a really long and unwieldy name. But yeah, he strikes me as the kind of guy who's yeah very fond of not throwing his weight around, but letting you know that he's there and letting you know that uh, he might have one up on you, or he'd love the opportunity to show that he's maybe got one up on you. If you know, if you went to a three star restaurant the other night, I'll you tell you, the, I'll stars. tell you the place to go. I went to a five star restaurant. Yeah, fantastic. Tell him, tell him, tell him Jack sent you. Yeah, exactly. He's always, always better than what you have done. Exactly. Yeah. I just think it's great that they've developed this entire community around the fact that, that they're all excited and this story, there's this backstory to this pen. Like everyone knows about this pen. Tell us, show, show us your new pen. Like they didn't have to show anything. They've, he was able to establish in five minutes that this entire community knows about this pen. Or, <laughs> yeah, or just the fact that Jerry accepted it when he probably shouldn't have. He really shouldn't. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but. Did Jack talk talk to someone about this? Did Doris talk to someone about this? But uh, yeah, I just thought it was fantastic. They established this whole backstory to this pen, and as you said, like the community that they've all been gossiping, and it's yeah. just yeah. The minute they left, uh, you know, uh, the Seinfeld residence, they've run into someone and go, "Yeah, Morty and Helen's son's down from New York. He took my pen. I'm happy to give it to him, but still." <laughs> and then and then that just spreads like wildfire around the community. Wow, what a little pisher! He took the pen. About that pen you were discussing there, but the, the one that NASA used, the pen shown in this episode, I've got the note here, is oh. the bullet pen, right, made by Fisher. Although it does write upside down mm-hmm. and in extreme temperatures, the bullet was not the pen used by NASA and taken into space. It was Fisher's AG-7, a retractable pen and the first one invented by Fisher in 1966 that NASA used on all their manned space flights. Thank you for your service, pen. <laughs> <laughs> So Jack and Joris are just there. And it's, yeah, the whole that whole conversation is just absolutely amazing. One of definitely one of the best conversations we've had in Seinfeld to date. Uh, but I've just got here. Of course, Jack is emceeing the event. Oh yeah, he is just that guy. He is the one that just is louder than everybody else and has to be the. Even though the the event isn't about him, it's go, he's going to make much it about, about him. him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Marty, you want to settle up for last night? All right. I owe you nineteen. 19- 45. What did you have? Uh, you had the minute steak. Yeah. Did you have a Coke or what? I did not have a Coke. Somebody had a Coke. I had a Coke. Oh, and I had the scampi. <clears throat> so that's uh, 1710 and the tax and the tip. All right, make it 20 bucks. It's 1945. <laughs> 1945. <laughs> See, you know your father. You gotta get it right to the penny. But. That's why he was such a good president. 
What do you think of the Jack and Morty settling dinner? Morty goes for the 20. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, yeah, round it up to 20. <laughs> it, it, it makes sense. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day because I was looking through Facebook memories and something I'd written down. When I first met the lovely Louise, we went to lunch at a, at a local cafe and yeah, it wasn't great. The service was kind of shit as the food wasn't all that good. We got the bill. I think it was just cash. I think their, their machine was down. And somebody, it was like $50.10. Lou had a 50 on her and I only had a 20. And we'd made it kind of clear that it's like, uh, yeah, this isn't exactly what we ordered. And by the way, this, this is a little burnt and all this kind of business. And oh, yeah, fine. So when we got there, <laughs> they were looking at us like, you can tell that we're not happy. Gave them the, it's $50.10. $50, Gave them the 50 and it's like, you're not going to ask for the 10, are you? You're you going you to say, 50 is fine, 50 is fine. It's $50.10. <laughs> so I'm going to break a 20. <laughs> I've, never been, I've never been back. <laughs> I've never been so angry in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I would be the, I would be the, <laughs> ran it up to 20 guys, fine. 1945. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I, bit, yeah. I just wish I was there for you. I, I wish you had a said to him. You're gonna take the ten. You're gonna charge me fifty. You take. You're gonna ask for the ten. ten. <laughs> <laughs> you should have left it to Lulu. She would have sorted it out. Surely, indeed, she would have. But uh, it was. It, plus, it was sort of a, the early stage of our relationship as well. I didn't think one of the things she'd hooked up with a cheapskate or anything like that. But I think she, we both left. She's just like, fuck those guys. Start with the ten cents. <laughs> fuck those guys. <laughs> so, the lovely Louise. What a keeper. Uh, so Jerry's taken the pen. He accepted it, and Helen's now grilling him. And- <laughs> Uh, and Jerry's like, I don't want the pen now. <laughs> just, just, it's big drama over nothing. And I think we've all had that situation, a, a, a debate or an argument with our family where it's over the most trivial thing. And you're like, mm. why are we even arguing? What the hell is going on? Do we even know what we're arguing about anymore? This is insanity. And I like that throughout this, Elaine was just sitting there watching like, the fuck is wrong with these oh, people? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> She's probably thinking she dodged a bullet in, in not becoming too entwined with the Seinfeld bloodline. Uh, but just the way it all rounds out at the very end with um, mm. Jerry just being very self-satisfied, well, he was wrong. Yes. <laughs> so good. And Morty. That's uh, right. He can afford it. Didn't have a Coke. <laughs> I, I love the tie into yeah, Morty just disliking Jack's cheapness. His just penny everything pitching. about him, yeah. But Elaine then asks to use the pen and she writes upside down. Elaine is now struggling on the sofa bed. I agree. Jerry just randomly enters for a conversation Midnight, like during the night. I imagine he heard her wriggling. That's what I think. I've got here. Yes. Maybe he, he heard, heard, heard the yeah. rustling and thought, oh, was everything okay? And clearly but he didn't say not. that. He just opened the door and started talking. Like, That's true. What time is well, this? Well, yeah. I mean, she could have been rustling and wriggling for another reason entirely. Mm. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> but she, she complains about the bar and the heat and she's just very uncomfortable. Isn't have she? you ever slept on a fold out? I, yeah, certainly have. Not yes. fun. Some of them are okay. Some are okay, but some do have that bar. Why is it so hot in here? How can they sleep like this? It's only for three days. Today's over, then we have tomorrow. We leave on Sunday. It's one day, really. <laughs> oh, but it's with this bar. It's right in my back. It's killing me. Oh, you want to switch? I'm sleeping on a love seat. I got my feet up in the air like I'm in a space capsule. <laughs> never going to fall asleep. Oh, no, don't say that. You'll jinx me. How can they not put the air conditioning on? They're nuts with temperature. <laughs> this bar is breaking my back. It's making a dent. How about that guy writing a check for 1945? <laughs> I'm sweating here. I'm in bed, sweating. It's one day. Half a day, really. I mean, you subtract showers and meals. It's like 20 minutes. You don't go by like that. The following morning, Morty's now giving Jerry directions to go scuba diving because he mentioned earlier he wants to go scuba diving and Helen's just so against it. Elaine enters very, very sore. And Jerry says, what do you, what, what you got this sofa for? And, look, I'll buy, we'll go buy a new one. I love Morty's logic here. Well, nobody uses it anyway. Why would I buy a new one? I'm like, that makes perfect sense. 
<laughs> Jerry, of course, as he's you know, he's got money, so he says he'll buy them a new sofa. Elaine then begs, Helen, I beg you, turn the air conditioning yeah. on. <laughs> this next line, almost one of my favourite moments. I, I don't even know how to use it. <laughs> I just I just love that. It's like reminding me of going to my nan's place. I couldn't pinpoint what it was. My name Marlene. There was something at her house. And I was like, Nan, why don't you have this on? She was like, I, I don't even know how to turn it on. Like, why do you have it? I can't, but I couldn't remember what it was. It was just bugging me. I still can't remember. But there was a, a certain machine or device. And I'm like, can we please just use this? And she's like, I don't know how to use it. Um, anyway, so Elaine, uh, uh, Evelyn then arrives. And yeah, she mentions, you actually discussed this with me off air. So let's discuss it now. She mentions mentions Blanche here. Mm. And you were saying you've gotten very Golden Girls vibes watching this. And I did too now that you mentioned it because, you know, set in Florida. And and, and Blanche. Everybody loves Blanche from yeah. the Golden Girls. Like, wouldn't it be nice if, yeah, the four Golden golden Gals were, you know, living in their little apartment or their or little house. In heaven. Somewhere, yeah. <laughs> are, they all, are they all gone now? I believe they're all gone now. Maybe. I think Brie McClanahan McClan- might be still alive. I think Blanche okay. might be still alive. Oh, okay, let's have a look. Golden Girls cast. I certainly hope so. Because we unfortunately lost Betty White recently. Hmm. So, uh, Blanche Rue Kat McCallaghan, she was. No, she passed away in 2010. Oh. Okay, so, that probably. is the four main girls all gone. All right, well, shout out to, shout out to my girls upstairs. I don't know. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm very partial to Golden Girls. It's very comfortable. Oh, I think I think the theme song really sets the tone for it, doesn't it? Thank it's you for like, being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. I'm like, I, I feel safe watching this show. I believe we had one of our patrons saying, why did you guys do a Golden Girl show? And we're like, well, pony up and maybe we will. But <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the kind of friendly content you come to Four Finger Discount for. Give us the money! Uh, the thing is... <laughs> Round we, it up! We, we, <laughs> we would love to bring you podcasts Every day of the week. Like my mm. dream is for this to be the job. And we just, you know, Monday, Simpsons, Tuesdays, whatever, Golden Girls, Friends, Seinfeld, Futurama. Every day of the week, a new fucking sitcom. That uh, that would be my dream. Mm. And who could make it happen, Dando? You lovely listeners. If you are enjoying the show and you want to get early access to this and all the other shows we do here on Four Figure Discount, we already give you four shows. We already give you Four Figure Discount, the one about Friends, going down to South Park, Talking Seinfeld, and Tales of Futurama. That's five podcasts we give you. Wow. That doesn't even include the Simpsons bonus podcast and the movie commentaries and the movie reviews and mm. everything else here on the Four Figure Discount. And you can get access to that for just as little as $1 per month. So if you go to patreon.com slash discount, if you've got a couple of spare dollars each month, $1, is you won't even notice it's gone. It's $1. Uh, yeah, it's $1. But if you want early access to this show, it's uh, it's $5 where you get also access to Tales of Futurama. Yes, Tales of Futurama is available exclusively on our Patreon. So if you want to support the show and you enjoy what we're doing here on uh, the Talking Seinfeld podcast. Support the show by becoming a four-finger discount patron. We would much appreciate We also just appreciate the fact that you're listening to the show at all. So thank you once again for listening. But getting back to yes. the pen. Yes, but, but Evelyn has just rocked up. Really yeah. just to talk about the pen? Just to gossip? Just to gossip. It's so great, isn't it? <laughs> so she, she pretends like she's there for another reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, so tell me about your new pen, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> so where's the new pen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And just to look at everyone's face, and Joe's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah. <laughs> but you know, he tries to point out that you know, I, I, he he offered it. And, yeah, it's and not like, even buyer's remorse; it's taker's remorse. Yeah, yeah. As you said earlier, Jerry probably shouldn't have taken it. You should have read this, read the moment, and yes. be like, "If I take this pen, it's going to create an uproar." It really is. I mean. It's a bit of a blind spot with Jerry, I think, that he didn't realise that yeah, Jack just wanted to show off the pen and also show off what a big man he was. So it's like, yeah. you just have to stick that one out. You really just have to keep saying, no, 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 no. Great pen. You're a great man for having it, clearly. But no, I can't accept it. Can't accept it. So where's the new pen? <laughs> The pen, the one Jack Klompus gave you. How did you know that? Blanche told me. Blanche? That's some good pen. Writes upside down. <laughs> the astronauts use them. 
What did Blanche say? I don't know. She said Jerry wanted the pen. I never really wanted the pen. He gave him the pen. Morty. Why, you don't like the pen? <laughs> no, no. Because I... if you don't like it, give it back to him. Is that what she said? Who? Blanche. What are you talking about? <laughs> hello? Oh, hello, Gussie. What? Jerry wouldn't do that. Jack gave it to him. <laughs> All he said was he liked it. I mean, nobody put a gun to his head. You're giving him back that pen. <laughs> we come back from commercial. Elena's now laying on the floor with a sore back, and Helen is freezing cold because the air conditioning sucks. That's really good. <laughs> Morty suggests some muscle relaxers. And this is where Jerry arrives with his burst capacity. Capillaries? Capillaries? Capillaries, yeah. Basically, his eyes are fucked up. (laughs) Basically, he's got two black eyes from uh, from water pressure. By the way, every time I hear the use of muscle relaxants or muscle relaxers, it never ends well. I've never taken them. I've never never taken them. It just sounds like I'm going to shit my pants. (laughs) It doesn't really even say... It sounds like... (laughs) Really? Do you want to repeat that one? I'm sure it relaxes the muscle, but it tends to relax everything else, like your inhibitions, it seems. Yeah. And I'd, yeah, I'd be, I, I imagine, yes, I too would be afraid of losing control of my bowels. It is a terrible fear. But yeah, muscle relaxants never ends well. Jack arrives once again for some shoes. He wants to borrow some shoes so that Doris can match them with her red pocketbook. <laughs> I love it. Looking to her, like, the shoe's got to match the pocketbook. <laughs> like, he knows everything about everything. Yeah. It's, he's, it's, like a, he's like a fucking doyen of the fashion world as well. It's like, what doesn't he know? <laughs> he questions Jerry's eyes. What's going on? He's like, I haven't scuba diving. What's there to see under the water? <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at that so much. <laughs> it's, I think it's just more so the, de- the delivery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Jerry gives back the pen. And I'm watching this going, oh, this is, gonna, this is worse, Jerry. You should, don't do this. You've, you've taken the pen. Just keep it. <laughs> but, you know, the, uh, Jack accepts the pen back. And Morty gets into him. Like, what do you mean? He practically begged me for it. <laughs> but what I really loved about this was the uh, the scotch tape callback from the earlier in the episode. Oh, yes, very good. But also the, the didn't accept the sponge cake. You didn't want any. Of course I wanted some. I love sponge cake. <laughs> It's like, what the hell's going on here? What are they arguing about? What's going on? <laughs> Morty kicks him out. The nerve of that guy. Pulls up his pants. I thought it was so Oh, they're pulling the pants. I just love that they've reached the stage of their lives, these people, where it's just a, a, a zero fucks given kind of situation. Yeah. Where it's like, I can't wait to get to that, yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> why do I care? I'm going to be dead soon. Jerry thinks that, you know, that, well, this, this event's going to be very interesting now that, you know, Jack's the MC and Elaine's still asking for those muscle relaxers. We're now at the event. Jerry's wearing the sunglasses. A little callback there of the photographer saying, say, astronaut, which causes Elaine to burst out laughing due to taking too many pills. And Uncle Leo and Aunt Stella arrive. Oh, uh, Elaine, uh, this is my Aunt Stella. Stella! Uncle Leo saw him on uh, on Carson last week. Thought Jerry, I thought Johnny was very rude to him, <laughs> and it gives him some point. At some point, he needs a new material. I've seen that dog routine like three times now. <laughs> I imagine that that would be a terrible thing about being famous. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you get this all the time when you know family members are saying you're letting guys swear too much on the podcast. <laughs> you know, and everyone offers their two cents, but they. I'm not saying this about your family, but. Uh, I know, they're horrible people. (laughs) (laughs) But say you were like Brad Pitt or something. Yeah. You know, and your uncle comes like, you shouldn't have made that seven years in Tibet. I knew it was a stinker from the (laughs) get-go. It's like, the fuck do you know? (laughs) Ocean's 11 was good, but 12, hey? 13, what the fuck? (laughs) You should have stopped at one. (laughs) So I I love Leo thinks he's this... uh, All these people down in Florida think they're experts. And look, they've got a wealth of life experience, certainly, but there are some things that they're just not experts on, but they still believe they are. The closest thing I have to that is people come up to me saying, you should start a podcast on um, coin collecting. Or you you should should start a podcast on on the Collingwood Football Club. I'm like, I don't even bear for Collingwood. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) What would it 
guarantee me hating on these guys for an hour a week. I could probably do it. I could probably do it for two hours a week. Actually, it's a good idea, Dano. Let's do that. Let's do that, yes. He suggests that the his son, uh, cousin Jeffrey, can write some new yeah. material for him. Those lovely letters. Oh, here's Jack. Would you sit down? <laughs> this better be good. I'm missing Golden Girls for this. <laughs> I hate her like poison. <laughs> What's nice is that Helen's being pretty nice throughout the entire episode, and it just drops that bomb. Yeah. <laughs> but they're all such... You don't get a lot of them, but they feel very vividly drawn, and you sort of start speculating yeah. about their relationships. I mean, Uncle Leo and Aunt Stella... Aunt Stella seems like a bit of a knockout. She would have been a bit, yeah. of, a, bit, of, a, a, a bit of a prize back in the day. She, she seems like she should be on Jack's arm, doesn't she? Yes, and Leo... I don't think it was ever an attractive man. <laughs> All due respect. Looks like Lurch combined with Uncle Fester. A little bit. But he's abundant in personality. So there we go. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, but I I just think it's uh, wonderful that you've got these vividly drawn characters played by very vivid actors. It's, 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 it's very savvy on the on the part of the show. Jack then turns the event into a roast, essentially, of Morty. And Morty just can't... <laughs> he just can't take a joke, can he? Well, no, but these aren't even, like, good-natured... It's not good-natured ribbing. It's, no, really it's just like, being mean. Jack's just been building up petty grievances. It's, it's, yeah. like, it's like Festivus in Florida. It's just the, <laughs> the settling of grievances. Ah, he spent more time asleep on the job than Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine thinks it's hilarious too. Yeah. But then Elaine, I'm pretty sure Elaine thinks everything is hilarious at stage, but that is yes. very, very funny. Morty then stands up and brings up the pen, and they get into a bit of a fist fight, and he breaks his dental plate. I love it. He's like, Doris, Doris, he broke my dental, dental plate. plate. <laughs> so he's going to sue him. Jerry, get up there and do one of your comedic routines. <laughs> do the dog routine. And he really tries his best. And Elaine's just still shouting, Stella is getting heckled by the crowd, it's just all gone to shit. It's uh, the next morning, and the doc recommends that Elaine does nothing for five days. She needs to stay around. Mm. Jerry suggests that he leave, and that was that's, very short-lived. That's such a dick move on Jerry's part, but also a very Jerry move on Jerry's part. I like to think that he said that just to, sh- to fuck with her, though. <laughs> it's like, you don't need me here. Yeah. <laughs> Evelyn arrives asking if Morty now has a lawyer. She suggests her nephew, Larry. Oh, that's what it was. She doesn't suggest the right uh, material. It was be the, the lawyer for, that's for Morty. That's right. And she explains that you need six votes to kick him out. So you've got to suck up the Dr. Shanov. And Morty's now got a sore back because he slept on the um, on the sofa bed <laughs> last night. <laughs> and Jerry just explains to Elaine, don't worry, it's going to go by just like that. that. And that's the end of that one. We've got a bit of stand-up as well at the end with the retirees loving the, the heat of Florida. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just, nothing really happens in this episode. It's sort of, it's two different sets. The 95% of it is in the apartment or the, the condo of Morty and, and Helen. But my God, is it just brilliant writing. It's so simple, hmm. but so real. And that's why I think it makes it so funny is that you can really believe and buy into these characters. Like you're saying, they say one or two lines, but yet you feel like you know the characters, like their backstory after one or two lines, purely because of, just of how real it feels. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrific combo of all three things. I mean, the writing is very, very good, but the direction is fantastic and the acting is just marvellous. Or the casting yes. and then the acting on top of that. So, yeah. Very, very happy with the pen. <laughs> I, I'm almost inclined to go watch it again right now. You know the thing is about the pen, like the title of the pen, right? It doesn't sound that interesting. <laughs> it's just no. The pen. But then you're watching, you're like, okay, the pen. It's not a very interesting title. Not a lot happening here. But why am I so enthralled with this? Why yeah. can I not look away? <laughs> because the mail never stops. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. There's never a let up. It's relentless. All right, it's time for some Seinfeld mailbag. And um, we've actually got a question sent in to talkingseinfeld at gmail.com. So if you have any questions for us, talkingseinfeld at gmail.com is the best way to get your question read out on the air. Mm-hmm. All right, this one comes from Justine. Hey, guys, I'm loving the podcast. It's great to hear a non-US perspective on the show, mm. as the jokes can sometimes be a hard sell to my mates, and I'm glad I'm not the only Aussie who loves it. My partner can't stand Seinfeld. <gasps> Dump them! <laughs> to the point where we can't watch it since he constantly complains and points out how unfunny it is. So my question is, have either of you ever had a partner who loved the movie or TV show, but you absolutely hated it to the point where you just simply could not watch it with them? Thanks again for the hours of laughs. 
there was a stage uh, back with my ex-wife where she was very into Sex in the City to the stage mm-hmm. to the point where I bought her like the lovely do, pink shoebox. Uh, oh, the, I remember with, that. Yes, yeah, with a complete series. I think I bought a partner with that once. That was like the the, the Valentine's gift of the year. That one. <laughs> yeah, no, like, honey, enjoy. Yeah. I'll be in the other room. <laughs> check <laughs> check it out. This thing called the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I, I can't watch shows like Nicola watches a show called Hollyoaks, which is the oh U- yeah, it's UK- like a it's a UK hospital drama or a medical. No, drama? no, it's like home and it's like home and away basically. Oh, okay. What am I yeah, thinking? Like the, the, I'll the, the place, casualty. Yeah, okay. The place they stay in is called Hollyoaks. So Summer Bay is Hollyoaks okay. over there, and it's just every episode someone's dying or there's <laughs> a, there's a terrorist attack, and all this. I'm just like Nicola, this is fucking shit. She's like, if you don't like it, don't watch it. I'm like. You're watching it on my TV. Oh, it's your TV, is it? I'm like, I'm just going to leave now before Dude. I get my fucking... <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to leave now. <laughs> uh, I like being married to you, so I'm just going to leave. But um, yeah, sh- sh- shows like that. You I clearly just, I- don't like it. Go, You're watching this on my TV. <laughs> <laughs> I go, Eddie Murphy on it. <laughs> All right, this one's from Steve. Steve says, what's something you've offered to a friend or associate that you didn't really want them to take? I once asked if anyone wanted something. By the way, thanks for the question, Justine. Uh, Thank you, Justine. What's something you've offered to a friend or associate that you didn't really want them to take? I once asked if anyone wanted something from the shop for lunch when I was leaving on my lunch break. Four workmates then asked for various meals, which in turn took up my entire lunch break as I waited for (laughs) it all to be cooked. Then one of the guys didn't even pay. He said, I'll shout you next time and has since left without ever shouting my lunch. On his last day, I was so tempted to ask for the money. It was almost $15, but chickened out in fear of sounding like a cheapskate. Would I have been justified in asking for that money? Mm. If you're never going to see this person again, I think you have every right to. Say, oh, oh, do you mind shouting me lunch? I know you do kind of sound like a cheapskate, but you're not because 15 bucks is 15 bucks. True. And if you never, if you know you're never going to see this person again, if you're not, yeah, you, who gives a shit? Then you might as well. Hey, let's shall we? Let's settle accounts. Let's. Oh, do you want to? You want to pick this up? I grabbed it last time. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make a big deal out of it. Just, uh, <laughs> just saying. Just asking. But then, I, I do get what you're saying though. When you, you, you sort of say it's kind of like when you have Chewy. Does anyone want one? Hoping that no one actually. Mm. So once once those words come out of your mouth, you're like, oh, what have I done? Because then you like six <laughs> hands go up, and you're like, oh, I've got no Chewy left now. I remember that from like the pop culture days. You yeah. know, you'd go and get like um, KFC or something. It's like, hey, chips, anyone want some chips? <laughs> and then, <laughs> then you realise you can't just offer them to Dando next ah, to you. Oh, seagulls. Ah. <laughs> and you end up having to do the rounds. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I better do it one more time. <laughs> what was that? Was it chips from the um, from the place down the road? Oh, the milk bar place, yeah. Yeah, they did the really nice chips. That's right, yeah. They were good, weren't they? They were yeah. good. They're still there. Sure, should go. Mm, I, I was think tomorrow. I was thinking about them just the other day. I was like, I should really go out and get one of their nice sandwiches that they used to do, and they'd probably be like, Hey, I remember you from three years ago. I get the salad sandwiches all the time. You know what's great about that? This is and honestly, this is a Seinfeld episode in itself, right? So we have this listeners. We have this milk bar, which is I guess what you guys call a corner shop, maybe. Just a, just mm-hmm. we call them a milk bar here in Australia. They're, they're a or dying a drug breed. Drugstore, perhaps. Yeah, drugstore. Yeah, but basically they they make salad sandwiches for you and stuff like that. And these guys have been there since for as long as I can remember because we used to walk my dog with Nan when I was younger down North Shore Beach and they were still there. It's like 20 years ago. But you go there, right? And because I go there on the regular, they usually charge me six fifty for a salad sandwich. <laughs> but if you're not a regular, they charge you a bit more. But sometimes it fluctuates. So it's like I don't think they have a set price. I think it's just the woman behind the bar, whatever she just thinks of at the time, she's like, seven twenty. It's like, so, so <laughs> Make I went, shut up. So I went with, she literally is. So I went the other day with my friends, Paul and Luke, to the, to the milk bar to test it right. And we all ordered the exact same. Multigrain bread, chicken salad, no cheese, the same. Mm-hmm. I was six fifty, Luke was seven twenty, and Paul was $7. Like, well, how the fuck can three <laughs> different people have three different prices for the same thing? I just like your face. <laughs> On the way home, we're like, what do you think it was in her mind that made you want to charge? Made her want to charge you twenty cents more? Like, mm. was, did you not say please? Like, what, what was it? I've that every once in a while. There's a place in Melbourne I'll go to sell like secondhand um, Blu-rays and things like that. Is it in Pran? No, it's in the city. Okay. It's up the top of Burke Street. Okay, it's called Play. Shout out to Play. Good joint. 
Used to be a place called I think it was Dixon's. Oh, there were, there were a couple of Dixon's recycles around uh, around yeah. Melbourne. There was yeah, I used to go to one on Chapel Street before that closed, okay. yep. and there was one on Brunswick Street as well. And I think there might be one more, but they're all starting to sort of close up as well. Unfortunately, I used yeah. to love a good secondhand um, uh, CD and DVD joint. Fantastic. Find some old ex rentals from the video stores and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. or Dixon's was really good like this. You'd occasionally get someone who, I don't know, probably had a bad drug habit, had to sell like a really good DVD collection. It's like, mm. oh, wow, American discs <laughs> yeah. with the cooler cover or something like that. Or, oh, this is available in Australia. Yeah. Um, but occasionally go up to play. God, I shouldn't say this because they'll probably, hell no, because I'm about to call one of the guys a cheapskate. Um, but you'll go in sometimes like, okay, I've got this pile of discs that I want to sell. And Rex, the owner, good guy, great guy. You've been doing this a while. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of, little bit of price. Sometimes you go in and the guy that you don't know is there and oh, you just no. get, you get uh, schnickelfritz rates. You just get shit rates. <laughs> you know, like, no, no, call, call Rex. He knows yeah, me. Yeah. He knows me. <laughs> so my friend Anthony, and I, you know Anthony, uh, will be like, should we call Rex and say, okay, he, we're getting 25 bucks. Normally you'd round it up. You'd round it up to thirty. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's that kind of situation. We've got some questions here also from our patrons. Uh, this one comes from Pat Wright. Would you rather lay on your back for five days straight, or have a or have to hold a pen for five days, including toileting and showering? What the hell, Pat? What kind of question is this? <laughs> I'm lying my back for five days. Yeah, of course, you, that's what you do every every week, isn't it? Pretty much. You're laying li- on your back right now. I'm lying down as we do this. <laughs> Rowan J. Aardvark, have you ever owned one of those space pens? I never have. have I have I have not. No. I've, um, I've never owned any form of novelty pen. I've owned like a pen that has like a little character head on top or something like that. But I used to actually have one of those pens though when you, you clicked it at Zapped you. I used to get my friends with it. Those I, little Zapper pens. I used to have one where you turned it upside down and the bikini fell off the lady. Uh, do they, are they real? <laughs> yeah, they are real. I only oh, ever had they? one once and I think my mum found it. It's like, back to crayons. Andrew Swan, has anyone ever wanted something that you owned or is it something that you've ever wanted to own that someone else did? I So basically, when we were in America for our honeymoon, I bought two uh, Star Wars money boxes from Disneyland. So they've got R2-D2 on the top. It's for Star Tours, which is the ride, the original ride at, um, at Disneyland. I bought two, right? One for my Uncle Darren and one for me. And then when we're on the monorail, what it was to get home, I left the bag on the monorail or the train and I went back up like, 30 seconds later and the bag with all my merchandise was all gone. No. So I had two bags. But the one I bought from Uncle Darren was, well, really that was the one I bought from Uncle Darren. And then I was just like, oh, do I keep this one? Because I promised Uncle Darren I bought him one. Yeah, I'll give it to Uncle Darren. And then he has it there in his living room. And I'm like, every time I look at it, I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I want that money box. <laughs> you better leave that to me, Uncle Darren. Yes, exactly right. But uh, what about you? Any, anybody ever wanted something of yours or have you ever... Uh, I'm pretty sure I've coveted stuff from uh, that friends have had or something like that, but never to the point where I'm like, look over there, pinch. <laughs> it's more like, oh, look over there, and you actually say the word pinch. <laughs> <laughs> How did that not work? Yoink. <laughs> Invariably, I'll be like, well, I'm going to save up and get my own. <laughs> and yeah. then the minute you have it, it's like, it's not as good as the, my friends' ones, though. Final question here from Mark Boston Burgess, who Boston! Requested, requested that we review Happy Gilmore this month. Thank you so much for your contribution to Patreon, Mark Boston Burgess, and requesting that movie. We are going to do it, Mark. We are going to do it, yes. It's coming out this week. Uh, he says, has anyone ever given you something and constantly reminded you about it? Other than herpes? Zing! <laughs> uh. mm. Oh, let me, I'm sure that ha- has. Yeah, they have. Not to the best of my recollection, no. Has anyone ever done something for you and reminded you of it? Mm. I remember that time I did that for you. I don't think so. No, I, I don't, don't recall so. that. I think there's a lot of passive aggression in my family and friend circle. A lot of like, I'm giving this guy lifts all the time. 
<laughs> I feel like if I thought about it long enough, Mark Boston Burgess, I would think of an answer. So uh, stay with me. On the next episode, I will have an answer for you because that is a good question. But thank you to everybody who are sending questions for this week. If you do have one for us, it's talkingseinfeld at gmail.com. It doesn't have to be a question. It can just be a message to us. Hmm. We'd love to hear from you guys. And if you'd like us to, we would read it out on the show. Also, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to the show. Check us five stars. And if you're able to, leave us some kind words as well. All reviews that come through, we we will read out on the show as well. We do thank everybody who has rated us already on Apple Podcasts. No reviews have come through just yet, just a lot of, uh, just a few ratings. So if we can get a few more ratings, that would be great as well. All right, Mr. Davis, that has been our review of The Pen, an absolutely fantastic episode of Seinfeld. The next episode is called simply The Dog. And I do like dogs, so I'm assuming I'm going to like this episode. I think so. Uh, dare I say, a very fine episode of um, Talking Seinfeld as well. This has been a lot of fun. I think so. maybe you should chuck us five stars (laughs) can I do that why not let's let's just spend our evening making fake accounts fake reviews (laughs) alright guys this has been our review of the pen hope you enjoyed it thank you so much for listening and if you do enjoy the show uh, we'd really appreciate if you could join the 450 Discount family on Patreon to get early access to all the shows and as well as bonus podcasts and everything else we do there you can join the Facebook group where you can banter with Guy and myself on a daily basis get monthly Zoom calls prize draws and much much more but for now Mr Davis any final words for those incredible listeners out there Stella Stella